Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In of these commissioners continues to get smaller and smaller. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 64 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Obviously, we've been on a little hiatus, and we start with the, the lockout, and now we have two series to start the season canceled. And Manfred says... Seven games for the Yanks and six for the Sox. Yeah. And Manfred says they tried. They tried. Yeah, I mean, listen... the They've been trying for how long? Like, Are eight, they trying, though? They've been trying for like eight days when they should have been trying for like eight months. Yeah, but listen to this. There's a certain amount of games that can be played, and the TV networks pay their full freight. And they say they're not going to make those games up already. They said that. Okay. April is the least profitable month on the calendar. So if they cancel, I mean, Mar- yeah, April. If they cancel the month and they play enough games, they're, they're still going to get all the money from TV, and they don't have to play lost leader games that in many of the parks outside of opening day don't make money. So there's no incentive. I thought there was no incentive for the owners to make any concessions. Any. I mean, well, they still got, they still got, you got to pay, you got to pay employees. I mean, 
Think about the people that have to work. So, they, I mean, clearly. They don't care. I no. Mean, obviously, they, they got the money and they'll just say they'll, if they need a job, they're going to come back and we'll hire them. They're seasonal anyways. So who cares? We'll do a job fair and we'll have enough people to work for us. There's two fundamental things here I want to talk to and talk about. One is they don't care about the fans. Even the players, I would argue, don't care about the fans. because no. Because this is... And now, you know, I have had season tickets since I think 05 or 06. I've been going to games my whole life. I've probably given the equivalent of a college education. To, <laughs> no, no, I, I swear. I mean, oh, I'm sure. I yeah. spent so much money on the Red Sox, and I consider Sam Kennedy, I like him. You know, I really like him. But I would say is that I, I almost, I'm getting to the point where maybe I'm not going to go anymore. Honestly, like maybe, I mean, I love to go with my wife because it's special for us, but maybe it's once or twice a year instead of five or six because you know what? I'm tired of how, it's like going to Vegas. You're throwing $25 chips all over the place and not thinking about it. But they, but then they'll say, well, who cares? We got TV money. As long as, as long as we can put something on the field, doesn't matter if you're coming or not. Well, they'll do And it. eventually they're going to, the, they, I say the players, they're going to decide, well, you know, we're going to have to play because there's only a certain amount of us that can afford to live the lifestyle that we're living that we've actually saved some money and they're going to just get on the field as usual. I don't know. I think, I think that I, I wish they, I mean, under- if you're a zillionaire or whatever you want to call them, they can afford to sit there and let the stadium sit empty. I don't know. I don't know, John, because listen, the NFL and the NBA are now well past major league baseball in terms of national popularity. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think the game will ever go away, and I think it'll still be a lot of money. The, but the only, there's only one issue here. It's not like they're talking about how to make the game better, and it's not like they're talking about existential issues. They were talking at one point a $25,000 difference between like Minimum. entry-level salaries or whatever. Right. And so my point is that none of these issues people care about. These are not real pocketbook issues. You don't they don't care about making a base bigger or a pitch clock or No, a, no, but they're not even I mean, talking like, about that well, stuff. Well, they tried to sneak something like that in like right. but who cares about the base being bigger? No, but here's the thing is at least those are quality issues. I'm taking the, separate the quality of game issue from the financial side of it. The, the focus should be how do we collect a bargaining bargain to make the game better. But that's the second element right. of this. It's not the primary element. It might not even be the second element. And so they're talking about financial issues that I could care less about. And well, I because no one relates to it except for a very select few, few people in this country. Or that, world is that is that and that, matter. that to me is what makes makes it a deal breaker. There's only one issue that matters to me and because you know, our market in Connecticut here is a minor league town, and we see the yard goats. And I, I, I believe that with the money that's made at the major league level, that they don't subsidize minor leaguers more is offensive to me. Oh, absolutely. Right? I, I complained about this before on prior right. podcasts. So the minimum, to me, the most important thing is the minimum salary is the only thing that matters to me. But those minor whole, leaguers aren't making that. Even if they're on the 40-man no, roster, true. they're not making that. So they're not even going to – there's no – They have to make the major leagues. Right. So screw them no matter what. So They, they have to be good enough. And there's no other element – So they don't care, right? No, there's no other element to the negotiations that helps out minor leaguers. But my point is is that you know, the one issue I can relate to is that minimum salary. Like I right. do believe it should be higher. Like I, there's no doubt that if there's a guy making $50 million, that you – In that sh- retrospect, absolutely. So, I agree with you 110%. But that's the only issue that even pulls at my heartstrings. And so the, I, I, I guess with people listening to the podcast today, wherever you are – the question I'm asking is, is is this changing your approach as a fan? And to me, I didn't think so at first, 
because I didn't think we'd get here. And now over the reasons that I see that we're here, I am pissed. And I think that it's offensive and I don't want to give them my money. No. I mean, I, I, I feel the exact same way. Like, I don't I don't want to go to a game when they come back because I feel like I'm directly giving them money. Now, granted, now you've already paid for your cable or whatever your provider is. So if it's on TV, you can watch it. But I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, I'm buying a Yankees jersey or I'm going to buy so-and-so or what, regardless of who's at fault, right? I'm not going to go there and spend money on... Uh, on something for the owners to make money, and I'm not going to spend something to make, let the players make money on their jersey or whatever, whoever makes money. It it does sour the hell out of you. It does. But at the same time, you think about it. I mean, how many people are we talking about this affecting? What is it, like 750 people in the in the major leagues across the board, 800 if you talk about you know major league minimum salaries, and what, 30 owners plus the minor league, minor partners and stuff, you add another 20 to 30 on top of that. So you're talking about 100 people against 700 to 800 people. I mean, right. these are the people that are arguing about this stuff. Right. And think about how many more people on top of that it affects when you think about if people in the front office eventually don't start getting paid. Right. The people at the spring training facilities don't start getting paid once the minor league people get up there. Yeah. Now listen, minor leaguers, minor league facilities, I mean, across the country that have been shrinking and being neglected by Major League Baseball might actually benefit from this because their games are going to start on time. So we talked to, by the way, that's a good, a good way to, to put it. And the truth is, is that I, I would ask you who do you side with more owner versus player. But since you brought up the minor leagues, I will I will go there. We talked with the executive, Tim Restall, the president of the Hartford Yargo, it's about this. And he said it, it doesn't help him. If and he's been are, around for a while. He, he said, knows he's seen it. But I don't agree with him. He says it doesn't help him if Major League Baseball is not playing. And I understand why he has to say that. But the truth is, is that it does help him, in Absolutely. my opinion. Because I'm happy to give them money. I'm happy to pay 15 bucks for a seat, even though I think concessions are still probably a little inflated, even at the AA level. I'm happy to go there. Because you know what? I can, I can sit there with my son and he can ask for two more things, and I'm like, no problem. And I can have a great seat. I can even get the attention of the left fielder. I can get a baseball for my kid. And you know what? Maybe that's where I'm going to be moving forward. I'd rather go to 15 AA games than two yeah. major league games. And and so maybe that's where th- things turn. You know, and and so I, I don't know. I, I just I am so not into <clears throat> he this might not, argument. He might not be the best uh Example too, because they do basically sell out all their games. But think about the the minor league teams that have been struggling, that were on the cusp or already you know, been gone. These minor league teams that were struggling, that might get a huge influx of people at least for the first month or whatever. Because yep. listen, they are going to go back to work. We know this is going to happen. They're, they're, they're going to make a deal. It, it, something's going to happen. Like you're not going to cancel thirty games out of the season. You're not going to go back to this shrink the season. And the next thing you know, you got half of your teams making the playoffs, and you got to. It's just, it's not going to happen. It will, it will get done eventually. But how long do you sit there and you keep punching the fans in the face and the, and the common man, I'll call them, right. right? The people that don't relate to 99% of what this these people relate to, you know? Right. Well, Max Scherzer's going to walk out and he's going to sign six or seven autographs for fans and they're going to get all excited because they met Max Scherzer. They are never going to relate to anything Max Scherzer's ever can experience in his life, right? It's just not, it's a different ball game. Right. He's John Seneca. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 64 of Fanbase. A deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Before we get to Jeter, uh, the one thing I, I have two things I want to get to. One is owner versus player. Um, you know, it's the classic millionaire versus billionaire argument. I'm not going to rehash that. But who do you just you know free association? Who do you who do you side with more? You don't side with either. But who who do you have a little tingle for? 
you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to feel sorry for the for the players because listen, they've been playing under a pretty crappy contract that they negotiated to obviously over the what four years ago yep. now. So you know, they want a huge change in in a lot of things, which sounds good what they should be getting, but it's a lot a lot a lot bigger than what they've been getting. Correct. Right. So. I kind of have a hard time feeling bad for the players because at the first they didn't get what they should have got five years ago. They should have been getting a better deal all along. So I kind of have to side with the players because I feel like they've been getting shafted and a little bit manipulated with the system by the owners. So I do side with the players on this. But, you know, I'll take a couple punches in the face because they'll say, well, you you side with the guy making $45 million a year or whatever. It is what it is. I can't. You can't look. I can't look at the numbers. You know, I, I, it sounds stupid to say that, but it's hard for me to look at the actual numbers because I can't. Well, compa- it's a free. I, mar- it's a free market. So right. I mean, it, you, the players get they get paid by the owners. The owners make the offers to yep. them and they sign them. So in some ways, you know, that's why. That's what I mean. They agreed to that contract. That's correct. And and the owners. What I don't like is this whole circular thing. Like I'm paying my my beer goes from twelve to fourteen dollars. Because they have to pay salaries, and that's not true. That's to preserve the profit margin, right? So, I, I mean, the whole inflation of it all from salary—the thing that stays constant or grows—is the ownership profit, right? So, sa- salaries grow, but then the, the cost is passed on to the consumer, and and the one thing that doesn't change is is sort of the the, the owners still make money no matter what, and and so I always tend to decide with the players because they they get the most that they can and the market dictates that and the dictators of the market are the owners but i just wish it, it i would be 100 percent on the player side if they were more focused on the on the fans if it mattered to them and i think in baseball especially it's just like paycheck play the game go home like Scherzer, he can sign seven autographs get one viral video of him interacting right and he's like he's like the it's coolest like guy it's like he's been there for three hours yeah, it's like he's like one seat next to the pope right which is in, in, insane to me because i'm not saying he's a good guy or a bad guy i'm just saying like that's an that's a low bar right for for these guys and so i'm with you I, i'm more players but i could be more players if i felt and again if you're making 45 million you don't want to be near some dude or you have no idea who he is who might take a shot at you or get you trapped in some viral video that's going to take you down i mean there's too much at stake now right. and that's part of it and at the same time too though know, these owners that you know they're making these billions of dollars and you say you're always making money they need to turn around and if you're going to own a team to win or you're going to own a team because you want to sit on your 40 million dollar yacht and say you own a team Right. There's a very select few of owners out there that want to win all the time. And they're going to spend money regardless of what the CBT is. Right. They're going to spend the money. And there's going to be those owners out there that have billions and billions of dollars. Peter Angelos and those guys that aren't going to spend money. They're going to wait for the Adley Rushman's to go and hit and they're going to get rid of them when they can get rid of them. Now, Adley Rushman's not going to make the money he can make. Because he's going to have to wait six years to make that money. And by then, if you keep pushing this off, he ain't going to be worth that. Because analytics have driven to the game to the point where you got to be young or you're done. No 34-year-old or 32-year-old or even 31-year-old Aaron Judge is going to get a 10-year contract. It's not going to happen. You're totally right. All right, he's John Seneca. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. We're not going to talk a whole lot of Yankees-Red Sox, but we will talk about one of the maybe top three most famous Yankees. I mean, what do you got? Ruth, Mant- DiMaggio, Mantle, Mantle Jeter. Jeter. He's got to be top five. Yeah, yeah, definitely top five. So he's he, the Mount Rushmore. He bows out of Four. Miami, in my opinion, with his tail between his legs. 
I mean, I don't know why he did, did he, it. or did he start out on top before all the strife? The strife really strifed. I don't know. I mean, he, he had a 4% stake, comes in as the owner. Everything he touches turns to gold. He goes in there. The franchise stinks. He sells his he It's sells funny his how stake. you can call someone an owner when they own like 4%. It's like, you know, like, oh, Jay-Z was the owner of this and Kanye's part owner of this. It's no, like, it's true. LeBron with Liverpool or it's whatever. Like you, but, you own like, you don't own anything. You own the fact that you can go there and get your luxury box and you can get a title, and they could sure. sh- put your jersey on in your press conference that you're not even doing at their stadium. And if it sells, but Jeter was there, right? He worked. If it sells for a billion, you get $40 million. Right. I, I don't even know if they gave him the 4% in kind or part of his compensation, so I don't know what he paid up front. And yes, he was working to try to make but the franchise. But why did he go there to begin with? Right, well, I don't Everyone know. Everyone was like, why? I, I, well, I think there's two reasons. There's a couple of reasons. One is he wanted to call himself owner, which right. as a former player, that's a big deal to make that transition to owner, but from Michael Jordan or, or he whoever. He couldn't slice off a quarter of the Yankees, the other, eighth, eighth of a percent? The other thing is is that he, he wanted to, to prove he could build, build a winner, and and he didn't and couldn't, although I don't think he gave himself enough time. Like, I'm not judging Jeter negatively because he didn't build a winner. Like 2017? Yeah, it hasn't been that much time. But my question to you is, because I think you have at least a good take on this, is why, why did he leave? Is it because it was a failure and he just wanted to cut and run, or is there something else? Well, I mean, he said he said that, you know, he, the, the ownership wasn't going in the direction what does to that, put a winner What does that mean, field. though? What well, I think the way he wants to spin it is that, you know, he wanted to put a, a team on the field that was going to win and they're going to, I guess, spend money, right? They have, they have good young talent, but I'm telling you, dude, the team... I was down there. It's not good. Like there, nobody's going so, to the games. So, like how so, do you sit there and own that team and be like, "This is great." You own it because it's in your portfolio, and you screwed the people at Miami Dade County into owning, helping you out build the damn stadium. So, what do you think? That what do you think the reason is? I just think he realizes it's a waste of waste of his time. It's just a waste of anything, and he doesn't want to have his name associated with any of this ownership crap against the players in general. You think so he just bailed you, out when he knew the. Things suck to begin with. So you think that's part of it? Perfect time. Bail out. Get out, and you come out, and he'll he'll surface somewhere else. Do you too? But let me just ask that. You think it's part of it is that he didn't want to be even closely associated with ownership side on these labor negotiations? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, listen, we've known for a long time that the labor negotiations were going to be a mess, right? Like they, Andrew Miller said that they've been prepared for this, right? So these guys are not going. They're, they they say they're not going to come back, right? But eventually, like we said, they're going to come back. So Jeter, obviously, he's a smart dude. He knows that this is not going to look well. So why does like why do you want to be a tie to the Miami Marlins anyways? Like I don't get it. Well, so You're Derek Jeter. Like you can't go somewhere else and tie yourself to something else. Like Michael Jordan. What do you buy the Bobcats or something like that? Charlotte. They, they sucked, dude. Why did you do they're, that? They're it's like not, going and playing for the Wizards. Why would you go do that? They're not that bad though. But but they I think- sucked then. Listen, Miami pre-pandemic was the lowest attendance in the league by far. Didn't they move that team, then move them to back, and then yeah. move them again? Well, even if you go to 2018, <laughs> you know, you go to 2018 and you have them at the bottom. I mean, they they basically have averaged 10,000 fans. They and- suck, dude. I was down there awful. They're just, they have nobody there. The amount of money they pay to air condition that place, they are not making money at a game. Well, there. I guarantee they're still making money in general, but that's about the team. Well, the thing. owner's making money. I'm so listen, the city or whoever is not, I'm sure. I think it has these players want to be considered owners. It's a status thing. It shows that they made it. You know, I, I Chris Rock has a great take. The difference <laughs> between being being rich and being wealthy, right? That famous take he has. You know, like he says, Shaquille O'Neal is rich, right? But whoever writes the check to him is wealthy, right? And and the thing is, is that as a player, you can be rich. 
but the owners are wealthy, and that's a different kind of money. Like now, Jordan's worth over a billion dollars. Tiger's pretty close if he's not already there. That's real. But that's select few, very right, select right. few. But like to me, you know, if you're 45 years old or whatever the age is, getting that four percent in the in the Marlins is the first step toward getting to that status. Right. And so, I, but I, still, it's Derek Jeter, and I'm thinking to myself, why the Marlins though? You know, there's got maybe that was the first team to to let him in, and he didn't know what his other options would have been. I mean, maybe he wasn't patient enough. I don't have an answer to you, but my point is— I mean, you is- think he would go with Tampa because, you know, Tampa was where he his roots are, but obviously he probably thought they were going to move that team because it's crap. There's a new stadium in, in Miami, so there's going to stay there. So maybe he thought, you know, I could build— Build it, and then eventually, just was like they're not going to work. Maybe that's exactly what happened. But or cash out and parlay that into another slot somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, he's worth about two hundred million dollars. Say he built up a winner there, and they sold it for a billion and a half, and he walks with sixty million. He can roll that sixty or a hundred into something. Maybe he buys into the Yankees and comes in in a roll. I mean, I I, I don't know. I just know that. Uh, baseball to go in Tampa would be no different. I mean, baseball no, in Florida is a, a it's big, awful. It's a big fat joke. All right, listen. Before we wrap things up, you know, when it comes to labor, I just want to get your final thought on what you think will happen and when we'll see baseball. My prediction is they will have a deal by the end of next week. Not, I think they're supposed to hopefully start negotiating on Friday, maybe this week, Thursday, sometime, sometime this week. Um, I would say within ten days they have something figured out because. Think about it. If you're gonna, if you're canceling seven games already, and they haven't even, I mean, you technically could probably squeeze in spring, spring training still, and they've already canceled basically seven, six or seven games for teams. Um, you really can't wait much longer before you've knocked down twenty games out of the season. Well, but you don't think there's an option where the players are just like the heck with it? Let's just be all in and just. Well, there's also the option is just saying play and try to work it out, but we all know how that went in 94, so. Yeah, I, I, I wonder how much sort of backbone the players are. I say we all know. Maybe we all don't know because there's people old enough that not remember in 1994, but it seems oh, like lo- yesterday, you know. You lost a World Series. And, yeah. and, and if they didn't the have Yankees the Yankees and Expos were in uh Well, I was going to say place. there's an argument to be made that if the strike didn't happen— that, that there might still be Major League Baseball in Montreal. Yeah, because I was just it, about to say that if they went if they went to the World Series or won it, uh, I went to Montreal could, games in the in the late '80s and early '90s, and that place was insane. It was a destination to watch a baseball game. It and was I, really. And then I went up there, and I, and you could feel a pin, hear a pin drop. I went up there in 2000, and I mean, you could have got up, walked three aisles, and pissed in the seats, and no one would have known. <laughs> They just needed a new stadium, in my opinion, right? I mean, I, I, it's, it's everybody's so answer—a new stadium. Now they want to bring the team back. Oh, come on, it's a cocky country, man. Nobody wants to go watch baseball up there. Look at everyone goes to play in Toronto, right? Did they ever win? They won once. They suck. They won twice. What ninety-two and two in a row? Yeah. No, ninety-three and four, right? Something like it was early nineties. All right, well there you that. go. The two in fifty years. <laughs> Listen to you. When was the last time you won? Nineteen two thousand nine. And before that. Yeah, so it's been a while. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I had to get a little of that in there. All right, he's John Senegal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Wherever you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you're listening, share it. Love it. We'll talk to you next time.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.